At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Back here on The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. I'm Scott Sadenberg, always on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S C O T T S. O-N-A-I-R. You can hit us all up on the network at VSIN Live. An interesting week in Major League Baseball. The Yankees certainly continue to struggle. They lose to the Tampa Rays here on Monday 4-0. The Yankees are now 8-16 since the All-Star break. They have only won three of their last 15 games. 3-12 in their last 15 games. Is it time for concern? in New York or just with the New York Yankees. They are still amongst the favorites in the uh, American League and the favorites overall to win the World Series. The Dodgers are your favorite, followed by the Houston Astros and then the New York Yankees as the top teams in the odds board to win the World Series. The Astros passing the Yankees uh, just a little bit. I mean, the numbers are still very, very close, but the Astros technically are the second favorite and then the Yankees are the third favorite. And look, it's a long baseball season. It's 162 games. Teams are going to go through slumps. It happens. Uh, the Yankees were fortunate enough to build themselves such a lead that they can struggle this poorly and still have a double-digit lead in the American League East. So no fear or threat of them to lose this division Certainly, they're going to be a postseason team, but can you trust them when it comes time for the playoffs? But we're just going to push them to the side right now because they are one of the three favorites to win the World Series. Let's continue the baseball discussion as we're joined now by Peter Apple, uh, co-founder of Just BB Media. And uh, Peter, who would you back moving forward here Like, is there a team that you're confident makes a deep postseason run that is not the Dodgers or the Astros or the Yankees? So I think there are a couple of teams that come to mind. And because I think starting pitching wins championships. And teams with elite starting pitching to couple with great offenses is the Houston Astros, the New York Mets, and the Atlanta Braves. But... The Mets and the Astros, you know, they're first place in their division. So let's go with the Atlanta Braves if you need a little bit of value. The Braves were one game away from beating the Dodgers a couple postseasons ago. They won the World Series last year, and I feel like they're being slept on again. They have an MVP candidate in Austin Riley. They have a slew of incredible bats in the lineup. And from one to five in the rotation, it's deadly. And then when you get to the bullpen, it's even better. 
I think the Braves are kind of being underrated, even though they won the World Series last year. And I think they have a great possibility of doing it again. Yeah, fourth best record in Major League Baseball, yet no one's even talking about them because of how good the New York Mets have been. I've been on the Mets all season long. I thought Buck Showalter was the perfect manager to come in there and kind of right the ship. And and ever since the Grom came back, there's just this new sense of confidence with this team. And Edwin Diaz, you can make the argument, having one of the most historical seasons for a closure that we have seen in quite some time. So I find it hard to see anybody beating the Mets in a seven-game series. I think you're totally spot on there. When you have Jacob deGrom, you have Max Scherzer, and then you have Chris Bassett, who hasn't allowed a run in August, that's an elite three. And then you put Edwin Diaz in there, who has proved He's not just a three-out ninth-inning guy. He can give you six if you need him. He did it against the Braves, who, like I just said, are a high-quality offense. That team is about as dangerous as it gets. And they somewhat remind me of that 2015 Royals team, the team that won with starting pitching, the team that won with bullpen, but had timely bats. But the Mets' bats are better than that Royals team that won the World Series The Mets are certainly dangerous. Let's stick in the National League, continue this wild card race uh, conversation. Would you back the Phillies moving forward here for the remainder of the season? It depends. Do I think they have a very good shot at the playoffs because I think the Brewers are running a little bit thin? Yes. Do I think that they will perform well in the playoffs? I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say no. The way I value good baseball teams is you got to play good defense, you got to pitch really well, and you got to have timely hitting. When the Phillies are all putting it together, they can hit anybody. And they can pitch with anybody with Zach Wheeler, Aaron Nola, and Ranger Suarez. But Ranger Suarez goes through highs and lows. The Phillies' offense goes through highs and lows. At the beginning of the season, I called them the most polarizing team in Major League Baseball. Because when everything's going right, they look amazing, just like it has been over the past month or so. Maybe even longer than that. But we remember the lows with Philly. And I feel that maybe they're getting hot at possibly the wrong time. I'm certainly not writing them off because they could continue this. But we saw the bats go really cold against New York in their last series. Does that continue to carry over? I'm I'm interested to see. I think you've already answered this, but uh, in saying that the Brewers are getting cold, but who wins the Central, St. Louis or Milwaukee? I've said the St. Louis Cardinals should win this division since the beginning, and I thought their additions of Jose Quintana and Jordan Montgomery is exactly what they needed to do. They needed starting pitching depth behind a 40-year-old Adam Wainwright who continues to defy the odds. Miles Michaelis had a really big blow-up outing against the Colorado Rockies, but he's still legit. Now you add those two with a guy like Andre Pallanti, who's in their rotation as well, but more of a bullpen piece. And then we talk about Edwin Diaz. Ryan Helsley has been almost as good in the back end of their bullpen. They have elite pitching. They are the opposite of the Phillies, where they play incredible defense. You have two MVP candidates in Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado. They are the team to beat in the Central, in my opinion. In the American League Central, a three-team National race. Excuse me. I'm saying in the in the American League Central, who comes out of the three-team race between Cleveland, Minnesota, and Chicago? I really don't believe in the White Sox anymore, I got to say. This is a team that, it's funny, you, say, you see this article that was posted on Reddit. The White Sox, in the past 365 days, have hurt every single part of the body imaginable. I'm going to let your imagination... <laughs> 
every single one. This has just been a disaster. It's clear that they're not well-managed. They just seem undisciplined. You have Dylan Cease, who's a potential Cy Young candidate, but beyond him, Michael Kopech has been a bit streaky. I'm not putting a lot of stock into these White Sox. So really, between the Guardians and the Twins, who do I believe in more? It's really a crapshoot, if I can be honest with you. The Twins have been on the coldest of colds, and the Guardians have been as hot as you can make them. The Guardians have been better against teams who are above 500. I do believe in the Guardians. I'm just worried that they won't have enough offense to do it, but their starting pitching and bullpen is much better than the Twins, even though the Twins had a good addition at the deadline, adding Tyler Malley. I would really lean the Guardians even though the Twins can get explosive, I think that that division is going to be as entertaining as possible down to the very end. But I would lean Guardians, but honestly, I'm not very confident in it. All right, Mariners, Orioles, does one of them make the playoffs? Do both of them make the postseason or none of them? I would say the Mariners, but again, not very confident in it. I think, and maybe this is something that we'll talk about later, maybe a sleeper team. I think the Rays are a big sleeper here. Mm-hmm. They're about to get healthy as well. And we know that the Rays, they do math better than you and I do. You, they, that's what they do. They just understand how to play the matchups. Um, like we said, I think the Twins are still have a good shot here. But Luis Castillo has proved to be such an incredible addition for a pitching staff already with Robbie Ray. And, um, I mean, you can just go through the rest of their pitchers with Logan Gilbert, with Marco Gonzalez, who hasn't been performing that well. But they just have so many arms back there, and their bullpen has been elite. They need Julio Rodriguez to look like the Julio Rodriguez that he was in the beginning of the season. They need Ty France to rebound, too. And they're still winning ballgames, even when their offense isn't coming to play. That's why starting pitching wins championships. I still think the Mariners will be that team. Orioles are a phenomenal story, but let's not forget that they sold away their closer at Jorge Lopez at the deadline. I don't think that their window is fully open yet, but they have one of the best farm systems in baseball. They will be there, but give me the Mariners, even though, again, not super confident because it's a flooded American League. Let's talk about one of the best pitching matchups we will see this season coming up tomorrow. The top two favorites for the American League Cy Young Award do battle Justin Verlander against Dylan Cease, Astros, and the White Sox. Astros, a slight favorite. Who would you back in this spot? I would back the better team with the better starting pitcher, and that's Justin Verlander, and that's the Houston Astros. Dylan Cease when he's at home, is almost unbeatable. I will give him that. But if you ha- if I have to put my hard-earned money on something, I'm backing the Justin Verlander-led Astros with the better offense, the better defense, and I think the better pitcher, who will most likely win the American League Cy Young this year, I think he's going to prove it. He's going to come into Chicago and win that game for the Astros. Do we go under three and a half for the first five? I think that might be a smart play because I don't think the White Sox are hitting him. And I have a hard time believing that the Astros get to Dylan Cease when he hasn't allowed more than one run since, seems like, 2021. It's four earned runs in his last 13. Oh, no, five earned runs in his last 13 starts. That seems like a very solid bet. They're going (laughs) under the first five. It's low, but it's low for a reason. Three and a half seems very solid. I don't see Verlander giving up more than one run and also... If Cease were to give up more than one run, it's only it gonna would be two. not be Exactly. Yeah. Peter, I appreciate the conversation. Great stuff, and uh, look forward to catching up with you again, doing it soon. 
Absolutely. Thank you so much, Scott. There he is. Peter Apple from Just Baseball uh, does a great job covering uh, the sport and giving out some plays as well. I'm Scott Zadenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Get back into the football conversation. Coming up next, Mackenzie Rivers from Fox Sports Radio's Straight Out of Vegas and RJ Bell's Dream Preview Podcast will join me here on the program. Get his thoughts on a variety of football topics, including the overs in the preseason. Is it time to bet the unders with the inflated numbers now? This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Experts all season. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. Ice cold beers, cold hard cash. Join the action on the pitch with the Heineken 2022 Soccer Prediction Challenge. Compete in 20 free-to-play pools this season for your shot at a share of $100,000 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Heineken now to start your run at Victory Heineken. Beer made better. 21 and over only. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Please drink responsibly. Scott Seidenberg back here on the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network, joined in studio by Mackenzie Rivers from Fox Sports Radio, straight out of Vegas, RJ Bell's Dream Preview Podcast, with a fresh cut looking five years younger here on the program. I got to ask, what did like RJ and the crew say when you came in with the haircut? I'll be 100% honest. After the show ended at four, a little time before I came here, I got my haircut in between. So you were the first. Wow. I have worked. Oh, with. I can't wait to hear tomorrow feel, what the reaction is going to be. Later. I feel like RJ is going to say something. This is it. like, did you do this for like show content? Because this is like incredible <laughs> show content. No, I just, <laughs> I've been putting it off. I didn't want to see how bald I had become. But, you know, eventually you got to become a functioning member of society. Well, like now else. you're ready for football season. This exactly, is, right? This is you in football mode. You yeah. cut the hair because when you put the helmet on. Speaking you know, of which, yeah. speaking of which, impromptu. I'm doing a free proxy service over at the Westgate. I was trying to figure out how much to charge, and I'm like, forget it. I'm there every Saturday anyway. DM me at Mac and Rivers, free proxy service uh, for free. All right. You're putting you in picks. There you go. Yeah, you, you got picks. You want to pay $1,500 to Westgate. You don't want to pay any extra, a couple hundred bucks for a proxy. I'm there. Just tell me what the picks are. How many contest entries do you typically have? Uh, I am participating with the pregame crew. We do the gold. Okay. That's one. And then I do my own personal one, so two. Oh, so two contests. Yeah. All right. 
That's pretty good. Last year I was 53%, not as good as the dream team. We were 55%, but profitable year every year. That's what we try to do. All right, well, everyone's been profitable in this preseason. (laughs) Betting and overs. Betting the overs. The overs, what a dominating week. It was 13-3. and The overs went in week one of the preseason. What's your main reaction to that? Any thoughts as to why we have seen this this overstreak? Fourteen and three, if you count the Hall of Fame game. That's right. Which, yes, which slew over thanks to Josh McDaniels being in hometown camp. <laughs> I have a few thoughts. One is the preseason is different from it's ever been before. It's now three games instead of four games. Yep. Which was the case last year. Twenty twenty one was the first year of this, but last year everyone was wearing masks this time of year. You might remember it was a very different situation. Talking to my cousin Kyle, coach of the 49ers, he was like. This is a name drop, right? Let me just get through it. And I think a lot of coaches had that mentality. Whereas last year, first week was three unders. I mean, three overs, 13 unders. This year, I feel like is a completely different ball game. Coaches, very limited time with the new CBA, very limited practice time, limited practice, limited padded practice. They're playing real games for the first quarter and a half. They're playing real games. They're going long. They're showing things. Vanilla, vanilla, vanilla is usually the mantra of preseason. I think early on, especially guys playing their guys, Jordan Love needs to impress. Trey Lance needed to impress. They did that because of the offensive play calling. So totals, unfortunately, we can't profit from this new found wisdom because (laughs) totals are six points higher this week than they were last week. I think the market is more than adjusted, especially because a lot of those guys already did those awesome plays that they had been cooking up all summer. They already said, this is what we got. This is what Trey Lance can do. Now I think it comes back a little bit. Now so I think this is the question. The this is the question I want to know. Now we have we're seeing now. I'm looking at the 16 games that we have for week two of the preseason. It begins on the Thursday. Nine games have a total of 40 or higher. Is now the time to take advantage and go with the unders? Yes, I believe so. Selectively, I'll give you one example: Chargers, Cowboys. It was about 40 and a half earlier today. I bet it's 38 now. Few sharp guys I know are thinking about it. 37 and a half. Even come down a little bit more than this afternoon. People thinking about it are like the Cowboys don't really have any offensive guys they want to play. In fact, you go to the third and fourth receiver. We talked about this on the show. They're very important players on a team that's already decrepit at the wide receiver position. So I think we get very, very conservative play calling from Mike McCarthy. And the Chargers, they, they're from the Sean McVay school. They never play anybody. Yeah. Maybe a third string quarterback like Perkins for the Rams will show up and be awesome. But Probably not. So even at 37 and a half, I lean towards the under. Selectively, though, look to play unders. All this money in the pool. All these people went 13 and three. Yeah. I mean, how many people do you know that like to bet overs? They have extra money this week. They're going well, to the be- public always bets yeah, the overs. Yeah, that's exactly. I guess what's I'm just trying happen. to call you square. How many people? Do you know uh, that public <laughs> just kidding. No, but it, it makes <laughs> it makes sense now. I guess people assume, and you know what happens when you assume, but right. they're thinking. More starter, starters are going to play a little bit longer or more starters are going to play here in week two. But when you look at this first game here on Thursday, and I talked to Mark Zinno about this yesterday, maybe that's not a good thing for the over. When you consider the way the starters for the Bears and the starters for the Seahawks looked in week one of the preseason, if they're going to get extended looks here in week two, Maybe this is not a game that's going to feature a lot of points. Thursday is a very early start day, especially when it's not like these guys are, are, are relaxing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. This is training camp. This yeah. is enough padded practices you're going to get all year. You want to get in this time. The 49ers are a great example. I think it's a case-by-case basis. Week one, they played everybody as that they could. 
Week two, they're playing nobody. Playing nobody. They're going to be starters in week one and three. Yeah. They have uh, co-practices with another team. That's more realistic game tape, you know, practice time. Yeah, and coaches will yeah. tell you that. They get more out of these joint practices than they do the preseason yeah. games. Because if they mess up, you know what they do? Start over. again. Yes, and they, can, again. and they can also go situation by situation, right. and they can say, hey, today we're working on goal line. Yes. And so they just go down to the goal line, and they work on the plays. So it's always interesting to see the teams play against each other after a week of joint practices. And I think they're not going to play much of each other because they already shown what they needed to show. But I think with Trey Lance, it's, it's very particular that he needs not just practice time. He needs real game reps. Mm. Guy played one season at North Dakota State. He played two games last year. Although he's not going to play game two, I think game three is going to be pretty much like a, a dress rehearsal where he's going to feel like an NFL starter at the end of it. So I would look for over in the 49ers week three when they bring him back. Just like okay. they covered and it went over in week one with Trey Lance because he's better than people expect. Better than you might have expected. I think we were having this conversation a couple weeks ago. Although, you know, he throws a 76-yard touchdown to uh, nice. a, a guy that, um, you know, the defender, I don't know what he's doing, just watching a player run right by <laughs> him. So I don't know if that guy is certainly going to be on I mean, the field. A lot of people made a lot about the Trey Lance he only completed four passes. That's fair. <laughs> he wasn't particularly great on any one play besides that one play. But that one play, Ray Lance is now in two preseason games and two regular season games, has thrown three times as many 30-yard bombs down the field as Jimmy Garoppolo in five or six times as much playing time mm. over the course of the last two years. He can do something the 49ers have never been able to do before. And I, as a fan, am excited for it. And I think it's going to show up and, and pay dividends. Well, speaking of Jimmy Garoppolo, I thought for sure – that he would be on his way to New York after watching Zach Wilson go down. Now, it's, it, it, it appears it's not going to be that serious yeah. of an injury, although Dang we don't it. know. Anytime you have to – oh, you were hoping to get I'm the trade I'm hoping done. that I get a text from L.A. and they're saying the knee's really messed up, yeah. man. We can't play this guy. Because uh, I'll tell you right now, it just it's not about just, oh, the Jets would need a quarterback and he makes sense because he's a, a good quarterback that's available. Yeah. It makes sense because – his quarterback's coach from San Francisco is the Jets' offensive coordinator. Mike LaFleur, yep. Mike LaFleur was his position coach in San Francisco. Robert Salah was the D.C. there, but there's still plenty of comfortability and connections yeah. there with the Jets' organization. He's gonna They're going to release him, right? So he's going to be a free agent. It sounds like they're going to release him. The Browns, there's been some talk, but it seems like with $24 million price tag, they're just going to release him, and someone else is going to pick him up. I think the Jets... I think if Zach Wilson's healthy, Jimmy Garoppolo is a better option. I mean, I would agree. You, you talk about the style of play with the quick passes and the precision that Matt, Mike LaFleur wants to run. Jimmy Garoppolo is just an excellent quarterback at that. I mean, maybe he's not Tom Brady, but he's a top 10 guy at that particular skill set. Uh, if I'm a Jets fan, I kind of hope Zach Wilson takes a year. You know, I, I'd rather <laughs> see Jimmy G in there. Robert Salah made the Super Bowl with this guy. Matt LaFleur was there. Mike LaFleur, I don't know. I think he's better than Zach Wilson, who's. By the way, was the worst preseason quarterback. I know he played like 10 plays. Yeah. Grade, play-by-play, play, he was the worst out of anybody. I haven't seen any you know glimpses that makes me excited like I have with Trey Lance and even Davis Mills and other guys like that. Although he really did juke that uh, defender, which caused his <laughs> knee to... He just had to go back and grab his knee. Yeah, exactly. It, it got stuck in the turf. The turf <laughs> monster got him. Uh, Davis Mills is a guy you mentioned, uh, part of that second-year group that people yep. were talking about, which quarterback is going to take the biggest leap from year one to year two. We're going to get your thoughts on that. Plus, I want to ask you your thoughts on a uh, couple of quarterback battles that we are supposedly watching, even right. though I think some of them are not exactly 
quarterback battles, maybe decisions that I would make that the team is not necessarily going to make. So if you were to bet on these in like an offshore market or whatnot uh, on who's going to start, yes, there is a play that's probably going to win, but is it the right play for the team's moving forward. We'll get that conversation going coming up next. He's Mackenzie Rivers from Fox Sports Radio, straight out of Vegas, RJ Bell's Dream Preview Podcast on Twitter at Mac and Rivers. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up at Scott's on air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. We'll take a look at the quarterback position battles or so-called position battles coming up next, as well as could the Patriots finish last place in the AFC East? Yeah, that was the conversation today. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. On the look ahead on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Scott Sadenberg, joined in studio by Mackenzie Rivers from Fox Sports Radio, straight out of Vegas, RJ Bell's Dream Preview Podcast. I was just telling Mackenzie how uh, I was so mad. We talked about this on last night's show. I didn't realize that they restarted the World Junior Championships up in Canada. That's up in Canada, eh? Um, <laughs> I didn't realize it because the tournament usually goes on. For those that don't know, it's an under 20 world hockey tournament. Some of the future stars of the NHL are playing in this event. Guys that you know and love and, and have seen, uh, whether it's, you know, Hughes or Zegris that are dominating, or not dominating, but are playing well in the NHL now. These are guys that were in this tournament a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, and all that stuff. You know, Spencer Knight, goalie for Florida, was the hero when USA won the gold. Anyway. Um, so A, it's in so, Canada. B, I heard it's easy to beat. It's, it's, it's extremely easy to beat because... It's it's when you look, you just have to look at the rosters and see which teams have more NHL talent. <laughs> it's that simple. You look at every player on Team USA and Team Canada's roster has either been drafted by an NHL team or is draft eligible this coming year versus some of the international teams that they play against that only have maybe three players that were drafted on NHL teams, five players that were drafted on NHL teams, not 15 players that were drafted by NHL teams. And especially when there's a goaltender that has not been drafted by an NHL team. Yeah, you might do well in the KHL. You might do well in the uh, Swedish League or whatever, the Swiss League. But I'll take an NHL drafted goaltender over a non-NHL drafted goaltender. So Canada was our play last night. Minus a goal and a half at even money. They win 6-3. to three. Here on Monday, uh, no games coming up on Tuesday. The quarterfinals will begin on Wednesday. Is this the whole world or just Europe yeah. or North America? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It reminds me of USA Basketball uh, where they were minus 400 to win the tournament. And mm-hmm. I'm like, all the best players are on USA. France has like <laughs> two players that might consider being on the bench of the USA team. So just extrapolating that, yeah. minus 400 was a great play on the USA team. And, you know, team by team, there's so much bias. Over, yeah. I'm an Argentina fan. Oh, I'm from Canada or whatever, you can bet against that bias by just looking at the so, simple mathematics. So I can mathematics. tell you right now, there's no, I haven't seen a line on it just yet, and DraftKings Sportsbook puts up odds on this, so you guys can bet it. Uh, coming up on Wednesday, quarterfinal action, Canada against um, Switzerland, and 
I the Canadians probably should be minus two and a half goals. <laughs> I'd be surprised if it's one and a half because some it's probably going to be two and a half. By comparison, the United States beat uh, the Swiss seven to one. So, so they're prideful now. now I gonna, would no, okay. <laughs> I would be confident laying the two and a half with Canada. We'll see when the line comes out though. For the United States, they play the Czech Republic. Games coming up on Wednesday. It's all going to be a collision course for USA and Canada in the final, and that's going to look more like a Who's regularly. Favorite? Right now, yeah, USA Canada in the final. Who you think? Don't know. Uh, it's close. when you think? It, it would be close right now. World Juniors odds. Let's see. Oh, I got yes. Let's see. Oh no, I got first period lines. Oh, this is exciting. People. <laughs> look at this. Let's see. We got tomorrow. No, that's not. I don't want periods. I want regular. U.S. at Canada minus a goal and a half in the first period against wow. Switzerland. USA minus a half a goal in the first period against the Czech Republic. Um, yeah, these lines are going to be great when they open up uh, right now. Yeah, I don't. I only see the period lines. But anyway, we'll take advantage of this. Soft markets are the great way to win in, Absolutely. in sports betting. WNBA, Olympics, yeah. there's not that many pros. So if you are you know, professional in your insight, you can win on those games. No, no yeah. doubt about it. I don't consider myself a professional world junior handicapper. <laughs> yet. But it has, yet. But it has been very good to me. In the past, I don't know, four or five years since I've been paying attention to this thing. And uh, it was profitable to us here. Want to know? We're going to retire a champ uh, here on Monday with the Canada win. <laughs> All right, let's get to the football and the quarterback conversations here. Mitchell Trubisky is a heavy favorite to start week one over Kenny Pickett. If you were the Pittsburgh Steelers, though, does Kenny Pickett become your starting quarterback sooner rather than later. Sooner rather than later. I'm all for quarterbacks getting their lumps. Nobody's good their rookie year. Mac Jones was like an average quarterback, like 16th out of 32. ESPN rated him as the greatest rookie of all time, like according to their metrics. Like it's very, very rare for a quarterback to be even a little successful. Andrew Luck's an exception. Robert Griffin the third. There's not many since in the last yep. decade. So let him play bad. Let him lose. I know Mike Tomlin's never lost, had a Losing season in his career. No one wants to lose any particular game. What are you proving? Where, where are you going with Mitch Trubisky? I don't see it, but I don't think they think that way. I'm very confident Mitch Trubisky is going to be the starter week one. Drew Locke or Geno Smith in Seattle? Same, uh, same thing. Geno Smith's been in, the, been in this league for 10-plus years. He's never proven anything as far as uh, upside. Drew Locke has. You know, in a few glimpses here and there, he's thrown you know impeccable long balls. If you can clean up some of the other stuff, he has higher top-end potential, you're not winning anything anyway. It's not what they're going to do because they want to win seven games, but they should play Drew Locke and, and try for something more. And also, remember, they they wanted him included in the trade. right? They could have you know, they could have right. just said, yeah, we don't need the quarterback, and, right. and have Drew Locke could have been the backup for yeah. Russell Wilson. But they wanted the quarterback back, so they got the guy, they got Drew Locke now. I think they're going to play him. Uh, I don't think... So I, do you like the plus 200 that he starts week one? Drew Locke? Yeah, yeah I do. It makes sense to me, yeah. like... I'm just looking at the odds, and like, oh, looks like looks like they're going to start Geno Smith, but logically, why not start Drew Locke? Now, the one that I think is laughable because I can't even believe this is a conversation: Baker Mayfield or Sam yep. Darnold. Right. You don't trade for Baker Mayfield if he's not your starting quarterback. Right? Drew Locke was a throw-in. Yes. Baker Mayfield was the full-on trade. Yeah. <laughs> Paid him a lot of money. Uh, yeah, it seemed like a joke the whole time. Even lo- listening to Matt Rule talking about, oh, we just want to see him both get experience, both get reps. This seems like a lot of coach talk. They're going to play Baker Mayfield. I don't know why Sam Darnold's feelings are so sensitive that they, that they need to make it seem like a real battle. 
seems like coach talk from the beginning. Baker Mayfield starts week one. Let me ask you about this interesting conversation we had earlier here on the program. The Patriots. Right. Totals at eight and a half wins. It's been seeping down, 8.6, I talked about the possibility at plus 180 to go alternate under seven and a half. When you look at the Patriots' schedule, they are only favored in six games this season, and there are two pick'em games. If we give them one and one in those pick'em games, and it's it's at home against the Ravens, and at home against the Colts. Those are the games that they're lined as a pick them. That is, if we're giving them a win in all the games that they're favored in, right. that's a, it's an assumption, but whatever. It's six wins in the favored games. We'll give them one and one in the pick them games. That's only seven wins. When you look at this Patriots team, do you see them winning over their eight and a half win total? I don't see the offensive firepower. They're supposedly going more wide sets, less tight ends, open the space up. It seems great. Wish Josh McDaniels was there to implement it. <laughs> like, I don't know where the offensive genius comes from. Bill Belichick. Yeah, Joe Judge? No 60%, thanks. 60%, 58% for 20 years. It's amazing. He's always had great offense because he's always had Tom Brady in those systems. Mac Jones was good, but, yeah, I don't see it. And the Patriots is always funny because if you look at the power ratings, if you look at the metrics, they're always, like, set here, like, at an eight-win total. And the Vegas always makes them eight and a half because they've just been kicked in the teeth too many times by Bill Chel- Belichick and co. Again, 58% for 20 years against the spread. It's not nothing. But they're just setting it higher just because it's the Patriots and there's this aura around them. I'm not sure if I buy it in, buy into it this year. I mean, what do you make of the who's going to call plays and that whole who's the assistant coach? It's definitely a question mark. It definitely wasn't answered in week one when they didn't mm-hmm. play any of their starters. So, I mean, if, if you think that's a negative, if you don't think they get that together, I could see where you start leaning towards the under. Yeah. I mean, look, is it Joe Judge? Is, is it Matt Patricia? Like, I, I don't know right. who's calling the plays. Joe Judge had the worst offense at New York Giants. Matt yes. Patricia was a defensive coordinator forever, you know, and he didn't have a great offense in Detroit. So I don't really see how those two make up an offensive tandem. I, I, I don't get it. But, you know, we had a conversation. Maybe the Patriots finished fourth in that division Look, if the Jets do get Jimmy right, you got to believe in the Jets. <laughs> it's, it, it would be uh, certainly uh, an uptick for them. Um, do you, talk about, have you seen odds on that? Sometimes they post odds on that, like 10 to yeah, 1, I would guess. Yeah, you get really good odds on the Patriots to be the fourth-place team. It's like, Wouldn't shock Yeah, eight, would fourth-place team me. in that division. Uh, final thing, with all the preseason hype, all the players that are that are balling out, George Pickens has risen up the ranks for Offensive Rookie right. of the Year. You buying into that? N- not really, no. Uh, it's one preseason game. Right, <laughs> I mean, Kenny Pickett's odds are improving, too. He's the favorite. He's the fa- yeah, yeah, I was going to say, it's going to be a quarterback. Someone's going to play eight, nine games at the end of the year. So They're going to impress, I, just like I, Justin Herbert did, so just I, like Mac I, Jones did. I have a take here. Twenty-five. Yeah. I think it's 25 to 1 right now. Mm-hmm. Desmond Ritter. I could see it. What if... Way Mar- better than George Pickens. Desmond either, Ritter. Either yeah. Marcus Mariota gets hurt, or the Falcons just decide, yeah. why the heck are we playing Marcus Mariota? Yes. <laughs> No, We're a, great a terrible pick. team. Why are we playing it? That's a great pick. Marcus Mariota looked great. One of the better preseason graded quarterbacks. We've seen him for seven years. He's not going to play 17 games. If they get Ritter in there for 10 games, it could easily be him. 25 to 1 is a great bet, in my opinion. Yeah, I like Desmond Ritter, Offensive Rookie of the Year. He's Mackenzie Rivers. You follow him on Twitter at Mac and Rivers. Listen to him. Listen to him. Fox Sports Radio's uh, Straight Out of Vegas, RJ Bell's Dream Preview Podcast, and frequent contributor here to The Look Ahead. I'm Scott Zadenberg. You can hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Coming up next, we'll take a look at the Major League Baseball board for Tuesday, including a battle of the Cy Young contenders. 
That's coming up here on The Look Ahead here on VSIN. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The VSIN College Football Guide is out now, and our NFL Guide drops. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare next week our experts provide profiles of every team with team trends power ratings and over under recommendations plus Best bets on season win totals, division finishes, and player awards. Remember, the only way to get access to this year's football betting guides is to become a VEASAN All-Access subscriber. Sign up on our discounted football special and get access to everything we do from now through the Super Bowl for only $175. Or save 50% off the monthly price with an annual subscription and bet smarter all year long. Go to vcin.com slash subscribe for all your options and become part of the Sports Betting Network. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. It's the look ahead here on vcin, the Sports Betting Network. Always on Twitter at Scott's on Air. Play of the day in Major League Baseball has been a clunker. Not going to lie. I think it's five straight days of losing the top uh, tweeted out play here on our baseball card. However, if you are a VEASAN subscriber, you've been riding pretty well because for the past week or so, uh, our numbers have been great. We went 3-2 and here on Monday, but plus money wins. We had a, uh, let me look at the numbers here exactly, because I just did this, uh, plus 135 on the Orioles money line, which hit, uh, plus money on the Rays, with their win, the Mariners at minus 103. So, all right, we lost the Phillies at minus uh, 115, but we made up for it with the plus money plays. In fact, overall this year in Major League Baseball, uh, and I'll update the play of the day record, the Twitter play of the day records coming up uh, for tomorrow, but we are hitting at 57.1%, and if you're grading on a one-unit scale, plus 19.04 units on plays overall, the overall card. So everyone wants to talk about the Twitter plays? Yeah, a minute for the long haul, people. It's all about the overall card, and, and that's what we care about here. So let's take a look at the board here for Tuesday, see if we can come up with some winners. Let's look at the games. 
And we start with the Phillies and the Reds. Kyle Gibson on the hill for the Philadelphia Phillies. He's going to go up against TJ Zook for the uh, Cincinnati Reds. Reds were able to get a late home run off of Noah Syndergaard in the bottom of the eighth inning, which uh, was able to cover the run line. They were down four to two, and they wound up losing four to three. Uh, TJ has pitched just once before, made his major league debut or uh, his debut this season. Um, four innings against the Mets on August 10th. He gave up six runs on six hits in those four innings. So uh, probably the Phillies are the side to play here on Tuesday. Padres take on the Marlins after the Padres got shut out by Sandy Alcantara. Sean Manaya gets the ball. He gets the start against Edward Cabrera. And right now the Padres minus 155 with a total of seven. The Red Sox will take on the Pirates. Nick Pavetta on the hill for Boston. Mitch Keller for Pittsburgh. Boston minus 140, total of eight and a half. The Cubs take on the Nationals. Justin Steele gets the start for Chicago. Patrick Corbin for the Nats. Chicago minus 165. For Patrick Corbin this year, this is this is amazing. Corbin has made uh, 23 starts this season. He's got a decision in 20 of those 23 starts. It's wild. I mean, the record's terrible. He's 4-16 on the year in those starts. And if you look, the Nationals have lost the last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven consecutive starts that Patrick Corbin has pitched. The Nationals have lost. And uh, in those seven losses, two of them covered the run line. A 3-2 loss to the Marlins and a 4-3 loss to the Braves. The other five losses, the last five in a row, actually, were by four runs, nine runs, six runs, four runs, and six runs. Uh, Let's look at his just runs allowed in his last six starts. Six runs, four runs, six runs, five runs, six runs, four runs. Patrick Corbin, fade machine. Um, Maybe take a look at the Cubs team total here going up against Corbin. Some runs could be scored here at Nationals Park. Rays take on the Yankees, and it's going to be Jeffrey Springs getting the start for the Rays. Nestor Cortez for the Yankees. Uh, Yankees are minus 170. Again, the Yanks, though, massive struggles as uh, they have uh, just won three of their last 15 games. Orioles will take on the Blue Jays. Dean Kramer goes for Baltimore. Alec Manoa. For the Blue Jays, Manoa, an absolute stud this year, 12-5, 2.56 ERA. Toronto heavy favorites, minus 235. Here's where I'm leaning. The Orioles on the run line. The Orioles are the best run line team in Major League Baseball this season, and the Blue Jays are among the worst run line teams in baseball. So maybe the Orioles at plus a run and a half. Tigers take on the Guardians. It's going to be Zach Plezak for the Guardians against Garrett Hill for the Tigers. Cleveland minus 220. Zach Plezak just 2-10 on the season, a 4.32 ERA. Mets take on the Braves after Atlanta absolutely blows them out on Monday. 
The Mets will look to bounce back. Atlanta minus 145. Taiwan Walker goes for the Mets. Charlie Morton for the Braves. And I know we had Jason Weingarten on earlier in the show, and he thinks the number's just too low for the Braves. He's on the Braves. To me, it's like an auto fire. It's the Mets after a loss. I'm getting plus money on the Mets after a loss. The Mets are the best team in Major League Baseball this season after a loss, 31-9 and this year after a loss, and I'm getting plus money. I'll chase that plus 130 with the New York Mets to bounce back after a loss. Royals take on the Twins. Zach Greinke goes for Kansas City. Sonny Gray for Minnesota. Twinkies minus 195. Sonny Gray 6-3 on the year. Zach Greinke, though, coming off a really good outing the last time against the White Sox. Uh, He gave up zero runs on, granted, nine hits, but uh, no runs in six and a third innings. But, yeah, those nine hits are definitely concerning. Uh, The Rockies will take on the Cardinals. Kyle Freeland goes for Colorado. Jose Quintana for St. Louis. The Cardinals minus 235 at home here. Heavily favored. Total of seven and a half. The A's will take on the Rangers. And looks like it's going to be J.P. Sears getting the start. uh, Former Yankee getting the start for the A's. And uh, Kohei Arihara getting the start for the um for the Texas Rangers he made uh, 10 starts last year for Texas but it is it'll be his uh first uh, uh start this year for Texas last year in 10 starts Arihara went 2 and 4 with a 6.64 ERA and a 1.43 whip so uh, Arihara gets the start here against J.P. Sears. No spread on that game just yet. Astros will take on the White Sox in a battle of the top two Cy Young favorites in the American League, Justin Verlander and Dylan Cease. Houston minus 125, total of seven. Maybe a first five underplay or just go with the Astros because of Verlander, but these two pitchers have absolutely been dominant. Dodgers, for the sixth time since 2020, are an underdog in a game. Ryan Pepiot gets the start against Brandon Woodruff for Milwaukee. The Brewers, minus 125. Mariners take on the Angels. Seattle, minus 178 with Robbie Ray on the hill and uh, against Jose Suarez. And who can blame anybody betting on the Mariners after watching the Angels debacle? Uh, that we saw here on Monday. And then the Diamondbacks are at the Giants. San Francisco minus 115 with Jacob Junis on the hill and Merrill Kelly going for Arizona. Coming up this morning on Follow the Money at 7.45 a.m. Eastern time, our very own Matt Eumann, senior editor here at VSIN, will join the guys. Matt Vaskurgeon, MLB network announcer, play-by-play guy, will join the program at 8.30 a.m. Eastern time. And then Adam Chernoff from Covers, will join the program at 9 a.m. Eastern Time. It's all coming up on Tuesday mornings. Follow the money. You can follow me, Scott Seidenberg, on Twitter at Scott's On Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. As always, I'll tweet out when the Major League Baseball card is up on the Daily Best Bets page at vsin.com. And yes, I will tweet out one Twitter play of the day, which I always do, and 
hopefully you will snap the losing skit. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This is VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Whether you're a novice or a... At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.